All right, so welcome back to episode four of my podcast. Um, so last week we were talking about motivators, hygiene factors, and things of that nature when it comes to your career. So I'm just going to do a little bit of a refresher. Uh, the in, an incentive uh, or hygiene factor is things of you know status these things are uh status work um you know the work environment the leadership around you those are all things that need to be satisfied in order for you to be okay just okay now motivators are the things that make you want to go above and beyond and actually deeply have fulfillment in your work so that chapter was over what makes us tick and moving on, we're going to be talking about balancing emergent opportunities versus deliberate strategy. And here, it kind of so this also like goes into business, and I'm trying to like stay off of it too much. But he starts off this book, and he talks about um, you know Honda, and now Honda trying to get a toehold in the American economy uh, when it comes to motorcycles. Now they're competing with, um, they're competing with companies like Harley Davis, Davison, and companies of that caliber. So that's gonna it's a steep competition to get into, and they were uh, they were seen as like the poor man's bike. That was the reputation reputation on the market, and so it was tough kind of getting that that uh, flow going. And then they found out that their bike leaked oil when it's subjected to longer drives and living in America, you have like, you're having to have a mode of transportation to get you from point A to point B. This became a problem because people on these long drives, which, you know, if you're anything about some Harley, a Harley Davidson, uh, they're known for their cruising. So that's the kind of bike that Honda was trying to, trying to push out. And once they realized that there was a oil leak at high mileage and the cost for them to, you know, try to do a mass recall on it and ship all those bikes back to Japan to get fixed. That became very, very, that would be, that's, that's, they hadn't, they had to go through these two situations where they either choose <clears throat> to keep doing what they're doing or find alternative ways to make something happen. And it took one, uh, one employee, they had these little, these little bikes, right? They're called the Super Cub. And they didn't, it was more catered to, you know, tight living or city, city driving where, you know, you're not going that fast, but you're just kind of bobbing and weaving through traffic. And they started letting their employees ride these things around. Well, one employee in particular on a particular day took his bike out to Northern California in the hills and was just riding around in the dirt. And eventually this thing caught on. And people were starting to gain interest in it. Sears was wanting to put it in their catalog. Uh, you had local dealers wanting to, you know, purchase these product or you know purchase this this bike, and it ended up later becoming the dirt bike. And so Honda was becoming in, put in a situation where they had to choose continuing with their deliberate strategy of being like competing with Harley Davidson and these cruisers, or go into 
this new prof, profitable emergent opportunity that that was displayed with the Super Cub becoming the dirt bike. And they ended up switching their whole strategy into that emergent emergent strategy, which allowed them to save save themselves because the company was bleeding money. It was becoming bankrupt. So this chapter, chapter three, is talking about balancing that. How do you know when to give up on a deliberate strategy, deliberate strategy and when should you actually entertain an emergent strategy? And it kind of starts off, and this is how we were programmed through life. We kind of like have to have our life planned out, whether it's, you know, college, jo job, family, or uh, wife, family, and retire. Like that's usually those are those five milestones in life that people are like running up through. Now, people, especially high achievers, they put so much pressure on following that plan that it kind of it kind of jars priorities so they put this on their mind as under the underlying belief to have this assumption and not to deviate from that strategy and they think that they only have to have this such focused plan in certain sick in it or but having such a focused plan only makes sense in certain circumstances. Throughout life and in our careers, whether we are aware of it or not, we are constantly making the making our way by deciding between two deliberate strategies and the unanticipated alternatives that emerged. Each approach is beckoning for our hearts and minds, making its best case to become an actual our actual strategy. So when you're following this kind of way of thinking, you're allowing your life a little more flexibility. And let's be honest, when we come out of high school, we don't know exactly what we're going to find fulfillment. We hardly know ourselves. So for us to have this plan mapped out so perfectly, that doesn't make any sense. You must take yourself down a road, inspire growth, and find what truly motivates you and what makes you happy. Um. But the only time it's appropriate to have that kind of five deliberate strategy is when you found what motivates you and what satisfies those hygienes, hygiene factors and motivators. And from there, if you find a career in the situation that offers you that, then you need to make that your deliberate strategy because that's where you find you know, fulfillment. But if you haven't got to that point where you can implement a de deliberate strategy, focus on emergent opportunities. Experiment in life. Go out, see what you like, even if it's just volunteering some time. If you volunteer like two hours just to find something that's going to like make you happy for 10 years, that's not a bad trade-off. Be open to, to that. Find stuff that satisfies your talents, your interests, and your priorities. And you start seeing them pay off. So that's where you're, you're experiencing, you're experimenting, you're finding out that, hey, I'm good at this. I actually find meaning in my work. I invest myself into it all day. And once you do that, and once you find that, you 
implement it into a deliberate strategy of achieving in that in that certain in that certain sector of life. So it kind of goes into his story about, you know, as he he went through his career and his dream was um, to working for the Wall Street Journal. And he sent out um, his plan was, you know, he applied for the Wall Street Journal, never heard anything. Um, but back he got this intern internship for consulting firm. And what he hoped for was that it would allow an opportunity to help clients solve some interesting problems, and it, and it offered him a chance to learn, as well as being mar more marketable for the Wall Street Journal. So that was his emergent strategy um, that he decided to go with. He worked for the counseling firm. He looked for more attractive, uh, he looked more attractive to the journal, and the counseling firm offered to pay his second year of his MBA. So he saw it as a way that he could take an emergent strategy to help get him closer to that deliberate, deliberate, uh, deliberate strategy. Now, when it's, what's hard though, is deciding when to form a deliberate one from a deliberate strategy to an emergent strategy. Or if one requires a substantial investment or if one requires a substantial investment on your part just to find out whether it's something you're going to enjoy. Ideally, you know, you don't want to go through med school to figure out that you don't want to be a doctor. You don't want to invest a bunch of time in something that you're going to find out down the road that wasn't for you. So how do you in the in the you know, in the present, how do you start seeing that? or, you know, see where it's going to be more aware, to keep you from wasting time. So the tool to test whether a deliberate strategy or a new emergent one will be more fruit, be a more fruitful approach. It has to, um, it forces you to articulate the assumptions that need to prove true in order for this strategy to succeed. What you can call this is what has to prove true for this to work. Start at the most basic level. Write down the assumptions down on a piece of paper, ranked in the order of your importance and uncertainty. So at the top of the list, the most important should be should be the most important with the least amount of certainty, while the bottom being the least important and the most certainty. So what's most important to you what, and what's also the most uncertain? The, as far as, and what I mean by uncertain is like, as far as the company being able to, to, you know, make it happen, like how, how soon or how long would it take for that to be more certain, a more, uh, a more known. And then you need to implement quickly with little expense to test the v validity of the most important assumptions. So before you take that job, <clears throat> The type of question you need to ask yourself is what has to prove true for this to work? By thinking that like that, it can help you consider job opportunities. We all want to be successful and happy in our careers, but it is all too easy to get too far down the path before you've realized that the choices aren't working out as you, as you hoped. But before taking that job, carefully list the things that the things others are going to need to do in order to deliver for you. 
to successfully achieve what you hope to do. List your assumptions in a matter of most important to the least uncertainty. Are they in your control? But it's equally important to ask yourself what assumptions have to prove true for you to be happy in the choices you're contemplating. Are you basing your position on intrinsic or intrinsic factors, which is like more or the things around you, the materials or intrinsically like within yourself? What motivates you? Are you doing these things for the right reasons? And then ask yourself, why do you think you'll enjoy this? Is this something that I'm going to be able to, you know, pour into and actually invest myself into? Or am I just going to be one foot in, one foot out? You know, what evidence do you have? So when you start kind of implementing this to scale, what are the things that that it gives you? Like, so when asking these questions realistically about the path ahead of you, Expecting to have a clear vision of where your life will take you is just a, is, a, is just a waste of time. As difficult as it may seem, you have to be honest with yourself about this through the whole process. Don't just kind of say something because you know that's what someone else wants to hear. But when you're asking yourself these questions, don't make yourself believe something that when you when you have big doubts about it, be truthful with yourself. Ask yourself, is this something really I could see myself doing? And if it if there's if it, you don't see like it being worth the time to do it, then there you go. Um, change can often seem difficult, and it may seem easier to continue doing what you're doing. Be careful of that. Comfort. It's a no go. You want to you want to be you want to be as uncomfortable as possible because I guarantee you if you made yourself do something more uncomfortable or you know talk to more people or did something that you would drastically you would li- like you would live a, such a boring life you wouldn't have any memories you need to make sure that you do not stay comfortable um, it can be dangerous. You're only kicking the can down the road and risking waking up one day, years later, looking yourself in the mirror and asking the question, what am I doing with my life? So that's all I have for this week. I hope that it provided some value. Um, I'm still doing, doing, still learning for sure. And uh, I appreciate you guys you know, taking the time to, to show me some support. It's, it means a lot. I like, uh, it's fun to talk about in a conversation. I'm not, you know, but thank you all.